I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the BT Sport MotoGP podcast, where we are reflecting on what was an incredible opening race of a brand new season in Qatar. This is how the race was won. Already 74 miles is coming to an end. Lorenzo out front. He surely got that done. Marquez looks for the inside and goes underneath Dobby. Will that give Valentino an opportunity? (laughs) He runs wide. That is surely it. Lorenzo's going to win the race. Davizioso is going to blast the rocket of the, the red rocket to the line. It's going to be Dobby in second place in the end, but Marquez third with Valentino fourth. Right, let's get the educated thoughts of Gavin Emmett, Neil Hodgson and, of course, Colin Edwards on how the first race of the season was won. Let's just reflect on that MotoGP race and uh, we're hoping it might well, be just a little bit more mixed up. Yeah, a little bit, right? Just <laughs> um, a little bit. Why? You no, know, I mean, it's just, you know, like Julian and, and Keith said, that still the fastest riders uh, are going to be at the top. And uh, it's factory bikes. So these guys have spent the most amount of time as far as uh, tuning in the electronics, really getting doing the work. Um, some of the satellite, uh, look at Crutchlow's team, look at Tech 3. I mean, they're... They're, they're trying to learn off of the factory teams, but they're always a little bit behind the eight ball. Factory teams, sorry, they're still up top. Yeah, Jorge Lorenzo winning the race and Andrea De Vizioso in second. Mark Marquez, though, getting up on the podium, considering how his off-season has been, considering how the week has been for him is incredible. How much of that is, man, how much machine have they sorted out? What's happened there? It sounds rhetorical when I say Mark Marquez. Oh, wow, that was impressive. Come on now, for real, he's always impressive, but uh, he's struggled. He's had some big problems uh, throughout testing. I don't know, the, the whole backwards rotating engine and trying to figure out electronics and everything, wheelie control, traction control, uh, he pulled through tonight. He rode hard, got on the podium. Because basically they've been grasping at straws all through testing, yeah. just trying to figure out a few things on the bike. New tyres, a bit of a headache for him considering his riding style. Let's start with that. It didn't seem to affect him so much out there tonight, well, I did mean, it? that's just not Honda. I mean, honestly, that is not Honda. Honda come here at the first race, and they are normally squared away and ready to go. Uh, the acceleration that we've heard them talk about, I've never seen a Honda get demoralized uh, as much as they that Ducati was doing. It just pulled away from it. And I mean, I haven't seen that, and, and I think Julian said that the top speed here this, this year was slower than last year, which it's a little bit strange. At big long straight here, of course, just over a kilometre. So we knew the Ducatis would have a bit of an advantage there. We saw it last year. We saw that again tonight. Yeah, no, absolutely. Ducati's fast. We got Ducati Lane. I mean, they pull a little bit of a sniff of a draft there with Jorge, and then look at this. There goes Dovia as well. It doesn't even look like 
It's fair. <laughs> it is. I mean, okay, the Yamaha has its own benefits, but the Ducati lane here tonight, it was fast. To that noise again, it's good noise. Right? Yeah, and you know that noise better than anyone else, <laughs> let's be honest. Good to see the two teammates at it as well. It was a good old battle there at the start of the race, wasn't it, between it, the two? It was. Uh, Ian Oni, you know, unfortunately, touched the white line. I had a look where I think there was a few of us that were pulling for him. Uh, he's a good rider, and, uh, you know, he's, he's got Argentina come back to. And I know they've tested these tires, you've been testing these tires, but until you actually get yourself into a race situation, you're not going to know what they do, particularly on those big heavy leans. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I said, we, we've all done, they've done the race simulations, but you have to understand a race simulation, you're taking, you're using that much of the track, three inches of the track all the way around for 22 laps. Whereas when you get somebody in front of you and you're dicing and you're, you're burning up your tire in this corner or that corner, you're taking different lines to pass people to protect the line a little bit. So it's a completely different situation as far as just from a, a humdrum, you know, go out and do a race simulation. In terms of the ECU, we knew that Jorge Lorenzo and his team were quite comfortable with the, with the changes. We knew they were pretty comfortable with the tires too, particularly suited Jorge's riding style. We didn't know when he was gonna attack. Yeah, and I didn't know about the whole gamble, you know? I mean, he, he started with the hard tire, but Lorenzo actually went with the soft tire, which I think they were a little bit worried about, and uh, it, it paid off. The 20th lap, the 20th lap was his fastest lap. That is incredible. On to a put soft in your, tire. Why is that? I mean, I, I, temperature it has actually dropped quite a lot, but why, why is that happening? Honestly, a lot of the testing we did here was during the day. We never tested at night. So the, the tires that worked at, you know, with the ground temperature at 35 or 34, whatever it was, that's a soft, that lasts good, uh, you know, you're 22 laps, but it's soft, let's say in comparison, it's obviously m kind of a harder, I think, uh, for here at night. I just think it's fascinating because, you know, Colin here has been testing these tires. <laughs> you know, that's been, I'm not saying you didn't do your job well, but they're still surprising you and everyone in this paddock. Yeah, and I mean, this is a night race. So, I mean, all the testing that we did is, is kind of, you know, you can take it with a grain of salt. Once we get to the other tracks that we've been to and tested at daytime, it's going to go more uh, like it should, I would say. Uh, Jorge, when he got in front and at the back end of the race, he became just a bit metronomic. We knew it was over. Good battle for second, though, between Davi and Mark Marquez. Yeah, and you knew it was going to happen. You know, it's a uh, last corner, last lap. Marquez, he's got to try, doesn't he? And uh, got in there a bit hot. Davi said, all right, excuse me, pardon me, 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 and just flew on by. And But the... The amount of distance that he pulls. Just an incredible amount of power on that bike in it's straight fast. line, isn't it? It's fast, yes. Um, let's hear from Andrea Davizioso. He's with our Gav. Gav. Dobby, congratulations. I know you were second here last year and you wanted to win. Of course you did. That's why you're out here racing. But, but considering how the second half of last season went, this is a good result, isn't it? Yes, we have to speak about that because this is the reality, this is the life. When you finish a championship season with a bad feeling, you have to start with that feeling. So to arrive here with this, this, speed, this speed and we fight for the victory, it means we did a great job. So I'm so happy about my team. We work in the right way, step by step. In the test, we never was the fastest, but we work in the right way for the race and we are here. So, so happy about that. So happy to start the season with this speed. This is not a track. We work in the right way, and uh, there was a big change about the tires, electronics, and we are here to fight for the, victory, for the victory. So, so happy. We know this is not enough. Everybody will improve. So, we have to be focused uh, and to study very well where we have to improve. 
but I mean, to start with this speed is easier. Yeah, I'm going to say, you're not going to need to improve on the engine at the moment because it pulls out of the corner so well. And, you know, the early parts of the race, you really had the advantage. So where do you need to improve then, Dovi? Yes, uh, Ducati did a great job. Even with the new rules, uh, we are able to use more power. So I'm so happy about that. Thank you to the team, to the Ducati engineer. And uh, we have to improve how to manage the tire because uh, uh, the drop off today of the rear tire was unbelievable. And uh, I, I improved the lap time until at the end of the race, but uh, the drop of the tire was big. So we have to try to manage the slide. Also on entry uh, was uh, very difficult because I couldn't brake anymore really hard because the rear slide, so I couldn't stop. But small details, this is normal, and uh, to, to have this small problem in the first race, uh, it's good. And two good tracks as well coming up in Argentina and Austin as well. Right, so how are you going to go about making sure it's a win in those two? <laughs> I mean... Uh, I think uh, we will not start from zero, but uh, like every time we did the test in a different track, it was everything different. So we have to be focused and understand uh, where we have to go, where we have to improve, because uh, the tires are really different and uh, the, the bike has to be different compared to the last few years with Bridgestone. So, um, I mean, nobody will be relaxed to go in a different track also if we, you did a podium. But anyway, it's better to, to, to arrive with a podium. It's a great start to the season, Dovi. Long may it continue for you in Ducati. Well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, reflecting on the tyre wear there, and you could see it in him. He couldn't relax because it was just a little bit of movement as it wore down a bit. And he doesn't like that. He's right not to like it. <laughs> well, you have to understand, uh, that I believe this is the first year Ducati have been on Michelin. I mean, since they started, they were on Bridgestone. So... You know, Yamaha and Honda had that experience from, you know, 2008 or whenever the last year was on Michelin's and knew what the chat, I know what the chassis was set up and I know how it was with the Bridgestone and I know what Yamaha have done to go back to a Michelin setup bike. Honda also knew that. Ducati don't have any, they don't have any, uh, you know, nothing to go, to go off of. So it's a matter of kind of relearning everything. They're obviously burning the, the side of the tire. They're just going to have to figure it out. So this is their first bit of decent data on that tyre in a race situation. So what can they do over the coming two weeks before we head to Argentina just to tweak things, to manage the tyre better? We, we know the engine's good. Um, you know, uh, we know the chassis could possibly be better to save the tyre and the electronics. So those are the, the two areas that they really got to focus on. The engine's great. How does it deliver the power? Is that what's messing up the, the rear tire is it the lean you know you got to add all these things together electronics it, you got to put it all together jorge's tire look great you know so it's not the tire it's what's around the tire that's causing the problems hey you can hear that cheer uh, sadly that is not for jorge lorenzo the man who won the race today but that is actually for valentino rossi <laughs> he's coming out of his pit box at the moment you can see these prefabs here that's where the teams are based they don't bring their big trucks over here to qatar and uh, fourth place for him today and we're going to talk about that in just a moment because i believe mark marquez is going to be standing by to have a quick word valet uh, you're not getting the spotlight for the moment a spaniard is Mark, congratulations on a podium in the first race of the year. Before the weekend, you were saying almost we have to start thinking about next races. You weren't happy with how things are going to go here. So third place, how do you value that? I, I think uh, if in, on Thursday, on Wednesday, on the press conference, uh, you told me that uh, you will finish third, 
I sign. Uh, if I'd have known that, I'd have put money on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with the, with the position. Always you want more. Always you want to stay, finish second, finish uh, first. But okay, today Jorge was stronger. Uh, you saw in the last laps, he did the fastest lap, uh, incredible lap time. Uh, I was not able to overtake Dobby. When I overtake, he overtake me on the straight. We were losing, we know that our weak point, but uh, anyway, I want to say thanks to, to Onda, to, to my team, because he's supporting me at 100%. We are working together. Uh, we know that here we will be struggling, so we finish third in a circuit that normally we struggle more. So uh, we will see in Argentina if we can push again. You say you know your weak point. Could you tell us? I think everybody, everybody saw. Uh, on the, in the exit of the last corner, I, I was losing a lot. Uh, incredible. Uh, not only with Ducati, with Yamaha also. But before the practice, we already know that we were losing around four tenths with Ducati uh, and around three tenths with Yamaha. So we lose a lot on acceleration. Uh, it's something that we must work. But I already said yesterday, we are not 100% with electronic. We are not 100% with the engine. So we must to, to keep working on that, on that area. Yeah, that must be a little frustrating. I just want to know, Mark, after everything happened at the end of last season, to get back out, to be racing again, to be back up there fighting, how did that feel to, you know, to, be, to be back on track with everybody without the bad feeling? Yeah, of course, it's, it's really nice, no? again, to, to be on the, on the back. Uh, for example, today I was struggling to overtake uh, Dobby. I was all the race behind him and, and sometimes it's, it's like this. So, uh, uh, yeah, happy to, to be again on the podium, happy to enjoy it again on the bike and, and happy again to, to be alone on the, on the helmet. And I saw also the, that the, the fans enjoyed on the grandstand, so that was the most important. Hey, in Argentina, you've got a monkey to take off your back after last year, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Argentina, it's a, it's a circuit that I like it. Uh, last year, uh, OK, we couldn't finish the, the, the race, but uh, it's a circuit that uh, I, I really like it. So we will see. Also, I want to reconfirm in another circuit that this setup, this base, this bike is competitive. All the best for then. Congratulations on the podium, Mark. Well done. Thank you. Bye. Well, first things first, Jorge, congratulations. Winning the first race of the season, won the last race of last year as well. So that means with all the changes, your work in the winter has paid off. Yeah, you know, uh, in, the, in the winter, it seems, seems that we have some advantage, no? But finally, when we arrive into the weekend, in some practice, looks like, uh, especially the Honda and Marquez, they improve so much. And uh, after the warm-up, to be honest, I was doubting a little bit for the race. We tried the, the hard rear tire, and uh, I didn't like it in the warm-up. So we made kind of, kind of, a, of a gamble, no? uh, choosing the, the soft rear. Uh, because Marquez and Rossi uh, finally choose the, the hard one, and uh, they normally are my, my main rivals. But finally, you know, the, the bad feeling I have in the warm-up was a positive thing, because made me choose the soft one, and was incredible. We didn't expect it to be faster, 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 and faster, no? And finally, this 40, 50, 49. Uh, I didn't expect it, and this uh, made me for sure win the race because uh, if I could keep uh, in 55-5, 55-4, I, I couldn't go away. So it was uh, crucial, this choose of rear tyre. What's the main emotion winning the first race of a new era like this? OK, you've won loads, you're the world champion, but you know, what, what are you feeling now to have, to have made this statement? You know, it's very, it's very important, no? because in 2014, I, I crashed here in the, in the first lap, leading the race, zero points, and then we arrived into, into Austin, into Argentina, and we make a bad race. No? 
So starting in a in the podium in the in the winning is very important because it makes you much more relaxed and much more calm for the second third race and uh, it's very important. So let's go in, let's let's enjoy this victory. Uh, let's enjoy tonight with a great party. We have to enjoy this these moments because we we suffer every week training and training and training. So when when we finally uh, won or arrive a good result, we have to enjoy fully fully. <laughs> uh, in, 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 the, in the best emotions, no? The next two races, how hard are they to predict how things will go? Because you tested here, you have information for this. The next two are a bit blind in a way. So you know, what, what's your feeling about how your bike's gonna, gonna suit out in Argentina and in Austin? To be honest, these next, next races theoretically is, uh, could be quite difficult for us, no? theoretically. So you never know uh, on the sport, on the, on the motorcycle world, what can happen, no? because sometimes the, th the theory doesn't, doesn't match with the reality. But for sure, if you, we compare, if we see the, the last two years in these two tracks, we struggle. We hope that uh, now with the Michelin, with this electronic, we can uh, at least finish on the podium, will be great. Then to arrive into the tracks that uh, switch better for, for Yamaha. Well, okay. congratulations. First win of your defending season. Well done. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, he's been really relaxed around the paddock this week, smiling, getting photographs taken with people, chatting. Really nice to see him. Well deserved that win. Right, we're joined by Bradley Smith, who put his Tech 3 Yamaha into eighth position over the flag there. Uh, I know you lost the bragging rights to your teammate, Paul, which I suppose hurts a wee bit, does it? Yeah, absolutely. Um... It's, it's always a bummer to that guy because uh, we have a, an internal rivalry and uh, I'm really disappointed because this year the, the satellite guys get to go in the part Ferme and uh, I won that race so many times last year and I didn't get it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's given me extra motivation for Argentina already, um, you know, to really go through that motion of the 22 laps and figure out exactly what these tyres need, what the bike needs a little bit. Um, I did my, you know, my best rhythm in the race. We didn't really expect to, to have the pace for, for Barbara or Pole there. Um, they had something all weekend, but I was able to come strong those final five laps and actually got underneath him into the last corner. But the, the four kilos between us made the difference, obviously, on the way to the line because I was tucked in there, but he, uh, he ended up getting past me. But uh, nevertheless, eighth position, you know, opening race, it's uh, really important, you know, to get points, get that information and then roll on with confidence into Argentina. You should remember that BT Sport is your own personal park for me, okay? <laughs> it's all yours. Hey, I'm not, I'm not worried about teammates. Uh, I know you. You finished sixth in the World Championship last year. I know how you look when you're on the bike. I've watched you this week. There's something. There's just a little something. Is it tires, electronics? What's missing? What's that one little piece? So we're, we're just struggling a little bit with the right balance. Um, the front tire hasn't been talking to me. Uh, you know, you saw my crash on Friday, uh, Thursday night, Friday night. And, uh, yeah, it just wasn't talking to me. In the race, we got it a little bit better, but there's still something that we can, we can improve. Um, electronics, we're getting there. I'm really happy now. It's feeling exactly like it did. Took us a while to get the engine brake set up exactly how I would like. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's that front tire feeling being able to let go of the the front brake on the yamaha carry that roll speed yep. you know the ducati is even you know faster than mimi corner at the moment so which is strange yeah exactly <laughs> you know. know and uh that's that's something i'm going to continue to work on you know especially into these up and coming rounds
You're not the only one who's desperately searching for that the feel from the front. What can you do over the next two weeks before Argentina to, to find that? I think sit down as a team and figure out what's working and what's not. Um, you know, Colin knows Guy Coulon and the, the guy, you know, sits and analyzes as many things as he possibly can. And uh, right now he has a, you know, a bank worth of knowledge on the Bridgestones. You know, he has a little bit from the Michelins before, but they're so different than what they were. So he has all this bank load of knowledge that we found you know over three years working together and we've only had three months on this really this new project with the michelin so we're getting lost a bit in well that should work but it's not and you know that's a good idea but then when i go out on track it's not working so theories you know there it makes all of the sense but it's not making the the feeling and not making the difference that i need out on the racetrack but uh, we're slowly getting there um you know we're kind of making changes that shouldn't work but is making more of an effect than others that should so it's kind of sit down, look at all the notes, all the comments, all the changes, and, you know, scrap all that stuff that didn't work this weekend, go with the stuff that's positive, and then make a new plan ready for, the, for, for Argentina, and then obviously Texas the weekend after that. I think sometimes you just gotta, you got to park some of that and just let someone else worry about that for a while and just, just get on with the racing. Because your head must be absolutely chocker block. Yeah, it is, but I know that I can make a difference. I know that I can help the team. I love that side and that aspect of, of racing. Um, you know, inside a satellite team, you don't have, you know, a new part or a factory part just to bolt on and fix your, you know, your problem. You have to work with what you, you got and try and figure out within this little package that you have and these small details what you can actually change and you know it makes a massive you know difference to me where I finish you know and how competitive I am so I'm going to carry on you know looking underneath every rock until I am that top satellite guy because that's the goal this year. One rock you've picked up and sorted out is where you're going to be next year. A bit awkward considering where we're standing but you are going to be a KTM factory rider. How good does it feel to have that sorted? I think I said it to to Hodgie on the on the grid. You know, it's such a nice feeling and confidence to have that inside my pocket. I knew it was something I wanted to get out of the way quickly because it's something that plays on your mind and it has done before. If you have a look, you know, with Sepang a couple of years ago when I wasn't quite sure. Um, sorry, Saxon Ring a few years ago when I weren't sure what you know ride I was going to get, and you know the whole weekend turned to rubbish. So um, you know, I wanted to put together 18 solid races. I wanted to get my future sorted out. It's there, but now I have you know. 18 races to, to do here, 17 now. And, uh, you know, I'm here to do a great job for, for Tech 3. It's been a fantastic, you know, five years and I plan to make it an even better sixth. I know you'll give it everything you got for the rest of the season. So good to talk to you. Uh, right. Colin, you boys just have a, a geek chat there for a while. I, I got, I got one more question. You mentioned it. We got 17 more races. This has only been one. Do you have a baseline yet? Are you going to have to show up? I know the electronics and everything. Do you, do you have something you can show up and be confident you could be on the pace or is every session you're just going to have to click away at it. I think we have, you know, a baseline in terms of 80%. You know, we know where our head pipe 80% position... 80 percent's not a lot. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but we know where the head pipe position is. We know swinging arm length. We know more or less center of gravity now. Um, but also, Colin, you know, we're going to turn up in, uh, in Argentina, Texas. You tested there, but the rain, you yeah. know, played a, a part. You know, we're really going into the unknown. We had, you know, three days here two weeks ago. It was lucky that we had that because that sorted out the tyres and, yeah. you know, settings ready for this weekend. But we're going into Argentina completely blind. So that's why I'm saying 80% because we know it worked here. It should, in theory, work there because it's worked at other racetracks. But without the, the data, we don't know. So I'm going to let you guys go, go get a conference room. All right, okay? go for I'm going to go find Hodge. <laughs> but uh, good stuff, all right? <laughs> get him a cup chassis. of coffee, will you? All right. Okay, where is Hodge? How are you? No geek talk stuff. here. No geek <laughs> I know, talk. I know that. You can't call Bradley a geek. He's not a geek. 
He's, 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 he's just a very intelligent guy working through his puzzle. A couple of things. I'm a geek, and geek is cool. Okay. So I'm, I'm okay with geek, really? right? Uh, yeah, a little bit in other areas. <laughs> um, you've been geeking out a bit as yeah, well today. A, um, a couple of things you spotted. Andre Iannone has crashed. What did you see? Well, actually, it was quite a, a simple mistake to make, and his front wheel just touches the kerb, not by a lot. Now, normally, on any other track, you would get away with this, but not here because of the time of night that we're riding. There's the issue with the, the dew starting to appear, and it makes the the, uh, the kerbs like sheet ice, and that was the perfect demonstration. That's nothing to do with the front tyre. That's all about just touching it, just touching the kerb. And so difficult because all the other circuits around the world during the day you can get a bit of white line, no exactly. problem at all. You, so you, you can, and, and more than ever, that's like the new, that's like the new style really. He's running the inside kerb here, you can't. And the punishment didn't fit the cram. I feel really sorry for him. How do you think the track held up tonight? Because it, the conditions have changed over the course of the week. There's been sand blowing in. It was wet on Thursday. Uh, fantastic, actually. And today was, you know, the, there was no wind. Uh, the track temperature was up a little bit. But I mean, I bet uh, Michelin tonight they'll be drinking some champagne to smash the lap record with, what was it, two laps to go. Nobody expected that. All the talk's been that these tyres are not going to hold up, and wow, they did. They're so proud. I don't know who the test rider is. Who's the test rider? Do we know? The I don't know. Michelin don't, test rider is. It's not I, Colin, is it? I know he's not Colin. cheap. I know he's, he's not definitely cheap. not cheap. He's a geek. <laughs> he is. Oh, there he is. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, let's turn our attention to the world of Moto2. Fulger, Lowe's, and Rins made up the front row. Not that that would count for much. Yeah, once they worked out who was on the naughty step, this is how it all looked. Thomas Ludi getting the win, well-deserved to Louis Salam in second place. A surprise for him. A very emotional Simone Corse in the Park Ferme at the end of the race, thanking his Italian mother like all good Italian boys do. Danny Kent finishing sixth, a great start for him as he returns to the World of Moto2. And Sam Lowe's, even with that right-through penalty, finishing in ninth place. We'll start with Sam, if you don't mind, because that's really impressive, considering he had that penalty. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he was really angry. He, he felt that it was a, obviously a, a harsh penalty. I mean, when we've, I've analysed it, I've looked at it, I've looked at it quite a lot. And um, out of all of them, I mean, there were seven people got a jump start. That he was the only one that moved a fraction. Just look at you can see it. Obviously, we've circled Sam Laws there, and you can see you can see the lights. The lights are off. And watch, just watch how they move. Get ready. Like he's the one that moved, like Morbidelli. His back wheels over the line. That's that's a clear jump start. You know. Um, Rins, uh, Zarko, they moved a lot. Honestly, Sam Lowe's, he moved about this much and then stopped. And according to Erta, exactly like I, when I asked Erta, what are the rules? They said, if you, move, if you move a little bit and stop and you've not gained an advantage, it's not a jump start. What you can't believe, Sam said, I don't know if he said it in the interview, by the time he got to the first corner, it flashed up, jump start. They'd already looked at it and made the decision. Not with Morbidelli, though, and his jump start was the most obvious colour. Yeah, that was way obvious. I think you're just being biased, by the way. So, Obviously. No, just, uh, <laughs> no it was... It, 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 we're going to pick it apart for the next week until we get to Argentina, and it's going to be some hell to pay. What's harsh is the way of, of the rules, though, because yeah. it's a snap decision, and that is definitely... I mean, you can't protest it now. It, obviously, it's done. It, it's done, so it, it's a shame, but let's say next round. Well, they all got away safely in the world of Moto3, but it was still a right old bonfire. You know, they're the smallest bikes, but they always provide the most entertainment of every race weekend. Maybe they should run Moto3 last on race day. But this is how it finished up. Nicolo Antonelli getting the win right on the line, pipping Brad Brinder, the South African, who's still looking for a first win, and Francesco Bagnaia in third place. We're going to focus now on the MotoGP race, and Eugene Laverty joins us. Congratulations, Eugene. A good start to the season, finishing 12th. I love the way we really focus on stats and how people did. And I said, 12th, that match your best result? You didn't even know. You don't even care. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I think it was in the run there uh, last year. We got a 12th, so we've got to be content with that. It's been a rough all pre-season, so uh, to come away with a handful of points is important. Yeah, it's been a very positive few days from your perspective, though, hasn't it? Definitely. We made big progress yesterday. Um, pre-season was an absolute nightmare. Uh, we couldn't really get the, the bike working, but came here with a different style engine like the other guys and uh, started to understand why they were able to do what they were able to do in pre-season and uh, made progress day on day and yesterday made a big breakthrough, got those lap times down and got in the mix. What was the breakthrough? Uh, well, the breakthrough was the engine that arrived <laughs> first of all and uh, then we started to change things chassis wise just to, to allow me to push the bike because uh, we were at a bit of a brick wall and in order to go a second, second and a half faster we needed to make some changes. So he's running the 1500cc engine. The 15, you know what it's like. <laughs> when you're struggling, you do, sometimes you need to call the factory and just say, bring out the big guns. It was a big engine, wasn't it? No, it was actually the seventh gear this time. <laughs> seventh gear. Seventh gear yeah. So you got a race under your belt. What's the next race? You got some ideas how to improve it? Yeah, we do. Um, we hadn't had a run any longer than, I think, nine, ten laps in testing because we couldn't afford to. We had to keep working on the bike and learn a lot again with that full fuel load. The bike changes so much, you know, when you take away that sort of weight, um, the bike's going to change and that gives you a direction as well to work on. The theme of the day, the theme of testing, the theme of the weekend has been tyres. The overriding theme. Uh, yeah. Haji, you've had a little peek at them. You have some analysis there. Just a, an overview of how they've all fared, really. What's happened? Yeah, there? well, they've gone better than we thought. Obviously, we've still got the issues with the front and we we, we saw this from uh, yesterday with Alicia Spargro. You can see he's gone into the first corner. Um, this is in free practice four. We've zoomed into the front tape. You can see it looks like it's collapsed a bit, which you sort of want it. You, you need it to spread the contact pack so you've got more grip. But it's what happens next is probably the main reason we've seen a lot of crashes on the front. Have you seen that? And it's almost like the, the construction, the sidewall, it's maybe just they're still not quite right. And I thought, whilst obviously we've got Eugene here, what you've seen that. We, we know obviously yeah. we've seen a lot of people crashing with the front tyre. What, what's it feel like and is that the situation? Yeah, it can do some strange things uh, even in the race there. If I was going a little bit deep and um, had to squeeze the brake, you know, the thing would start moving like that. So um, you have to change the chassis balance. That's the clear thing, you know. We've been on a different tyre for so many years in, in MotoGP and the bikes were, were built around that. Now it's a completely different tyre. They've got to change. And uh, you can see some guys have done it better than, the, than others. But... Uh, you know, Alicia Spargo and uh, on the tyres from last year, his riding style, he really made the most out of that front tyre. So I think that's why he's suffering so much. You really have to change your riding style. And that's obviously what's happening with Jorge Lorenzo. We always sort of knew that it, yeah. we thought it was going to suit his riding style, letting that break off early, sort of running that speed through. But you're an X250 rider, so we'd expect, we expect to see that from you. Well, I've ridden all kinds of bikes. That's the thing. Uh, I think I can adapt. I don't really have a riding style. I just... <laughs> I change to whatever bike uh, I need to ride, you know. And uh, We call it smooth in the commentary box. Yeah, yeah, we say smooth. Eugene Lovely's smooth riding He's style. He's like a new X-Men. He just adapts to the bike. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think they're adapting to these new tires? Uh, it, like Eugene said, it, you have to, what did we say a couple of days ago? You got to, the tires, give the tires what they want, basically. They're going to they're gonna dictate yeah. how you set up the bike, how the electronics work, how you ride the bike, your style on the bike. They're, they're going to dictate that. It's interesting how few laps you've done on them over testing. So what's your confidence level like at the start line when you know you've got to go through a full race? You haven't done a full race simulation up to this point. I'd say this time last week, confidence was pretty low. Uh, on the grid, it was better after what we had yesterday. But yeah, pre-season, I'd say it was the lowest my confidence had been since I was a teenager because some of the crashes I had, I couldn't really explain. But the tyres have made big progress since then. 
there's a better balance between the front and the rear. And uh, that was the biggest problem when we first got on these Mitchells. The rear was so good that um, the front would just let go when you, when you didn't expect it. But now it's working well. So what will you do over the next two weeks? Uh, back home, uh, do some training. Um, you reckon, Colin? Maybe, maybe get a beer. Go to some fishing. <laughs> okay. well, there is a long, though. That's the situation, yeah. is there, really? You've one weekend off. It's, sometimes it's yeah. just a case of just relaxing, isn't it? And then That's but, it. But, it's once the season starts, the, the training is... is taken back a notch and uh, you got to relax a little bit more. I think we fly out to Argentina even on Monday, so it's not long at home. And do you like the track? Yeah, Argentina is a track that really suits my style. Uh, I'd only ridden it for the first time last year, but it's a track that's really built around my riding style. Those types of corners with two apexes where you can charge in and make uh, two corners into one. That's right. the kind of corners that I like. It is an absolutely fantastic track and we cannot wait to get there. Well, there you go. That's it from Qatar. The brand new MotoGP season is up and running. We will see you in two weeks' time in Argentina. Until then, from all of us here, bye-bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.